chapter eighteen of monsieur lecoq part two this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by tony oliva monsieur lecoq by emile gaborio part two chapter eighteen after his son's confession m d'escorval was prudent enough to make no allusion to the hopes he himself entertained my poor maurice he thought is heartbroken but resigned it is better for him to remain without hope than to be exposed to the danger of another disappointment but passion is not always blind what the baron concealed maurice divined and he clung to this faint hope as tenaciously as a drowning man clings to the plank which is his only hope of salvation if he asked his parents no questions it was only because he was convinced that they would not tell him the truth but he watched all that went on in the house with that subtleness of penetration which fever so often imparts not one of his father's movements escaped his vigilant eye and ear consequently he heard him put on his boots ask for his hat and select a cane from among those standing in the vestibule he also heard the outer gate grate upon its hinges my father is going out he said to himself and weak as he was he succeeded in dragging himself to the window in time to satisfy himself of the truth of his conjectures if my father is going out he thought it can only be to visit monsieur lacheneur then he has not relinquished all hope an armchair was standing near by he sank into it intending to watch for his father's return by doing so he might know his destiny a few moments sooner three long hours passed before the baron returned by his father's dejected manner he plainly saw that all hope was lost he was sure of it as sure as the criminal who reads the fatal verdict in the solemn face of the judge he had need of all his energy to regain his couch for a moment he felt that he was dying but he was ashamed of this weakness which he judged unworthy of him he determined to know what had passed to know the details he rang and told the servant that he wished to speak to his father m d'escorval promptly made his appearance well cried maurice m d'escorval felt that denial was useless lacheneur is deaf to my remonstrances and to my entreaties he replied sadly nothing remains for you but to submit my son i shall not tell you that uh, time will assuage the sorrow that now seems insupportable you would not believe me but i do say to you that you are a man and that you must prove your courage i say even more fight against thoughts of marianne as a traveller on the verge of a precipice fights against the thought of vertigo have you seen marianne father have you spoken to her i found her even more inflexible than lacheneur they reject me and they receive chanlouineau perhaps chanlouineau is living there my god and martial de sairmeuse he is their familiar guest i saw him there 
that each of these responses fell upon maurice like a thunderbolt was only too evident but m d'escorval had armed himself with the impassable courage of a surgeon who does not relax his hold on his instruments because the patient groans and writhes in agony m d'escorval wished to extinguish the last ray of hope in the heart of his son it is evident that m lacheneur has lost his reason exclaimed maurice the baron shook his head despondently i thought so myself at first he murmured but what does he say in justification of his conduct he must say something nothing he refuses any explanation and you father with all your knowledge of human nature with all your wide experience have not been able to fathom his intentions i have my suspicions m d'escorval replied but only suspicions it is possible that lacheneur listening to the voice of hatred is dreaming of a terrible revenge who knows if he does not think of organizing some conspiracy of which he is to be the leader these suppositions would explain everything chanlouineau is his aider and abettor and he pretends to be reconciled to the marquis de sairmeuse in order to get information through him the blood had returned to the pale cheeks of maurice such a conspiracy would not explain monsieur lacheneur's obstinate rejection of my suit alas yes my poor boy it is through marianne that lacheneur exerts such an influence over chanlouineau and the marquis de sairmeuse if she became your wife to-day they would desert him to-morrow then too it is precisely because he loves us that he is determined we shall not be mixed up in an enterprise the success of which is extremely doubtful but these are mere conjectures then i see that it is necessary to submit to be resigned forget i cannot faltered maurice he said this because he wished to reassure his father but he thought exactly the opposite if lacheneur is organizing a conspiracy he said to himself he must need assistance why should i not offer mine if i aid him in his preparations if i share his hopes and his dangers it will be impossible for him to refuse me the hand of his daughter whatever he may desire to undertake i can surely be of greater assistance than chanlouineau from that moment maurice thought only of doing everything possible to hasten his convalescence this was so rapid so extraordinarily rapid as to astonish abbe midon who had taken the place of the physician from montaignac i would never have believed that maurice could have been thus consoled said madame d'escorval delighted to see her son's wonderful improvement in health and spirits but the baron made no response he regarded this almost miraculous recovery with distrust he was assailed by a vague suspicion of the truth he questioned his son but skilfully as he did it he could draw nothing from him maurice had decided to say nothing to his parents what good would it do to trouble them besides he feared remonstrance and opposition and he was resolved to carry out his plans even if he was compelled to leave the paternal roof in the second week of september the abbe declared that maurice might resume his ordinary life and that as the weather was pleasant it would be well for him to spend much of his time in the open air in his delight maurice embraced the worthy priest what happiness he exclaimed then i can hunt once more 
he really cared but little for the chase but he deemed it expedient to pretend a great passion for it since it would furnish him with an excuse for frequent and protracted absences never had he felt more happy than on the morning when with his gun upon his shoulder he crossed the oiselle and started for the abode of m lacheneur on reaching the little grove on the reche he paused for a moment at a place which commanded a view of the cottage while he stood there he saw jean lacheneur and chanlouineau leave the house each laden with a peddler's pack maurice was therefore sure that m lacheneur and marianne were alone in the house he hastened to the cottage and entered without stopping to rap marianne and her father were kneeling on the hearth upon which a huge fire was blazing on hearing the door open they turned and at the sight of maurice they both sprang up blushing and confused what brings you here they exclaimed in the same breath under other circumstances maurice d'escorval would have been dismayed by such a hostile greeting but now he scarcely noticed it you have no business to return here against my wishes and after what i have said to you monsieur d'escorval said lacheneur rudely maurice smiled he was perfectly cool and not a detail of the scene before him had escaped his notice if he had felt any doubts before they were now dissipated he saw upon the fire a large kettle of melted lead and several bullet moulds stood on the hearth beside the andirons if i venture to present myself at your house monsieur said maurice gravely and impressively it is because i know all i have discovered your revengeful project you are looking for men to aid you are you not very well look me in the face in the eyes and tell me if i am not one of those whom a leader is glad to enroll among all his followers Monsieur lacheneur was terribly agitated i do not know what you mean he faltered forgetting his feigned anger i have no projects would you assert this upon oath why are you casting these bullets you are clumsy conspirators you should lock your door some one else might have entered and adding example to precept he turned and pushed the bolt this is only an imprudence he continued but to reject a soldier who comes to you voluntarily would be a fault for which your associate would have a right to call you to account i have no desire understand me to force myself into your confidence no i give myself to you blindly body and soul whatever your cause may be i declare it mine what you wish i wish i adopt your plans your enemies are my enemies command i will obey i ask only one favor that of fighting of triumphing or of dying by your side oh refuse father exclaimed marianne refuse to accept this offer would be a crime a crime and why if you please because our cause is not your cause because its success is doubtful because dangers surround us on every side a scornful exclamation from maurice interrupted her and it is you who think to dissuade me by pointing out the dangers that threaten you the dangers that you are braving maurice so if imminent peril menaced me instead of coming to my aid you would desert me you would hide yourself saying let him perish so that i may be saved speak would you do this she averted her face and made no reply she could not force herself to utter an untruth and she was unwilling to answer i would act as you are acting she waited for her father's decision if i should comply with your request maurice 
said m lacheneur in less than three days you would curse me and ruin us by some outburst of anger you love marianne could you see unmoved the frightful position in which she is placed remember she must not discourage the addresses either of chanlouineau or of the marquis de sairmeuse you regard me oh i know as well as you do that it is a shameful and odious role that i impose upon her that she is compelled to play a part in which she will lose a young girl's most precious possession her reputation maurice did not wince so be it he said calmly marianne's fate will be that of all women who have devoted themselves to the political advancement of the man whom they love be he father brother or lover she will be slandered insulted calumniated what does it matter she may continue her task i consent to it for i shall never doubt her and i shall know how to hold my peace if we succeed she shall be my wife if we fail the gesture which concluded the sentence said more strongly than any protestations that he was ready resigned to anything m lacheneur was greatly moved at least give me time for reflection said he there is no necessity for further reflection monsieur but you are only a child maurice and your father is my friend what of that rash boy do you not understand that by compromising yourself you also compromise baron d'escorval you think you are risking only your own head you are endangering your father's life but maurice violently interrupted him there has been too much parleying already he exclaimed there have been too many remonstrances answer me in a word only understand this if you reject me i will return to my father's house and with this gun which i hold in my hand i will blow out my brains this was no idle threat it was evident that what he said that would he do his listeners were so convinced of this that marianne turned to her father with clasped hands and a look of entreaty you are one of us then said m lacheneur sternly but do not forget that you force me to consent by threats and whatever may happen to you or yours remember that you would have it so but these gloomy words produced no impression upon maurice he was wild with joy now continued m lacheneur i must tell you my hopes and acquaint you with the cause for which i am laboring what does that matter to me maurice exclaimed gaily and springing toward marianne he seized her hand and raised it to his lips crying with the joyous laugh of youth my cause here it is lacheneur turned away perhaps he recollected that a sacrifice of his pride was all that was necessary to assure the happiness of these poor children but if a feeling of remorse entered his mind he drove it away and with increased sternness he said still monsieur d'escorval it is necessary for you to understand our agreement make known your conditions sir thirst your visits here after certain rumors that i have put in circulation would arouse suspicion you must come here only at night and then only at hours that have been agreed upon in advance never when you are not expected the attitude of maurice expressed his entire consent moreover you must find some way to cross the river without having recourse to the ferryman who is a dangerous fellow we have an old skiff i will persuade my father to have it repaired very well 
will you also promise me to avoid the marquis de sairmeuse i will uh, wait a moment we must be prepared for any emergency it may be that in spite of our precautions you will meet him here monsieur de sairmeuse is arrogance itself and he hates you you detest him and you are very hasty swear to me that if he provokes you you will ignore his insults but i should be considered a coward monsieur probably will you swear maurice hesitated but an imploring look from marianne decided him i swear he said gravely as far as chanlouineau is concerned it would be better not to let him know of our agreement but i will take care of this matter Monsieur lacheneur paused and reflected for a moment as if striving to discover if he had forgotten anything nothing remains maurice he resumed but to give you a last and very important piece of advice do you know my son certainly we were formerly the best of comrades during our vacations very well when you know my secret for i shall confide it to you without reserve beware of jean what sir beware of jean i repeat it and he blushed deeply as he added ah it is a painful avowal for a father but i have no confidence in my own son he knows no more in regard to my plans than i told him on the day of his arrival i deceive him because i fear he might betray us perhaps it would be wise to send him away but in that case what would people say most assuredly they would say that i was very avaricious of my own blood while i was very ready to risk the lives of others still i may be mistaken i may misjudge him he sighed and added beware end of chapter eighteen recording by tony oliva albuquerque